0: We welcome you all tonight to our evening service. We're going to begin, please, number 342, When This Passing World Is Done. And the theme of this hymn is then we get to it all and we're at the end of our life and world. Well, it's not till then we will know fully how much that we owe unto the Lord. Let's stand, please, as we worship tonight. Let's bow before the Lord, please, in prayer, committing our evening service to Him. Father, we continue tonight in our prayer. We're thankful for the afternoon prayer time and the pre-service time. Lord, we know it is not a vain thing to wait upon our God. Dear Lord, as we come to pray... We give worship from our souls for all Thou hast done for us. We know, Father, there is no good thing within us. But all that we have and all that we ever hope to be is directly connected and joined in our union with Christ. And I pray that each day we will walk in the joy of and peace and blessing of this truth. For, Lord, we have a little idea that when this passing world is done and when we come to stand in glory, it will not be till then that we realize how much we owe, how much has been given for our redemption how much we have received so freely and graciously from the hand of our God and how unworthy we are and, Lord, how neglectful sometimes. But I pray that our souls will be filled with joy and we would know the Spirit's power upon us day by day, enabling us, Lord, to make a difference in our generation. Make use of us, we pray, among our neighbors and friends and the people we work with. Help us to make a difference, to shine brightly for our Lord as we are out and about wherever we may be. And Lord, as a congregation and church, we want to bear a witness that is very strong and bright and true for Christ in our community. And let it go farther out afield, Lord, we pray, to our our larger city, and our province. And dear Father, make use of us to bear a witness in our nation, if in no other way but that we are known as a people of prayer, a people calling upon the Lord to send a gracious reviving to the church of Christ, that every one of us who are endeavoring to be faithful to the gospel, that we would know the power of God upon us and the ability to stand In this evil day, not Lord, by any power or strength that we would stir up from within ourselves, but we know that the power that we have been promised is of the Holy Spirit who abides within. Therefore, O God, fill us daily with that Spirit power so that we might serve and be useful to witness and to encourage other believers in the journey, in the way that we are to go. Dear Lord, we pray for an awakening, a salvation of souls. We pray that the outreach that we endeavor to do from our congregation would be profitable. We are praying, Lord, over the um, invitation cards that we endeavor to mail out around all of Malvern. Lord, we pray that You would use the gospel that's written on those cards. You would use that message, and Father, it would come into the hands of people whose hearts have been prepared, and there would be a great work of grace. We ask for Your fear to descend upon this community. We ask, Lord God to Bless the people that walk up and down the streets that we might pray for them as we drive by and see them or as we walk by. And Lord, open up very unusual opportunities whereby we can speak a word for our Savior. Lord, we are here and we want to be used. We want to serve. and Therefore, open that door in front of us. Open a great door and an effectual door, a door that will be used by our God. Remember, Father, tonight our evening service. Bless every part of it as we sing and read the Scriptures. How blessed we are to have the Word of God in our own language. Don't let us ever take that for granted, Father. And write... The truth upon our minds as we read and meditate in our private times and in the public services. And Lord, make use of the preaching of the gospel of truth to reinforce that truth to every heart. Make use, we pray, Lord, of the internet ministry that we have through Sermon Audio. We pray that each time a message goes out, that it will be used for the honor of of the Savior and for the extension of His kingdom. Dear God, hear our prayer tonight. Bless everyone in our congregation, every family. Lord, pour out Your blessing upon each one in salvation for those who are still unsaved, in the building up of each one who testifies of knowing Christ, from the very youngest to the oldest saint. Dear Lord, bless us Remember tonight, Lord, we pray, Mrs. Hamilton. Oh, God, pour out Your Spirit upon her now and bless her and her family in this time of their great need. We pray for other sick ones in our own church. We think of Hyacinth tonight and Serene and Ron and our brother Richard Teo, Joan McCurcher, others who are elderly needing a touch of the Lord's hand upon them. We ask, Lord, to bless each and every one. We're so thankful that you've answered prayer for our sister, Mrs. Kim, and that she is back at the organ again tonight. Lord, encourage her in her own spirit. Put your hand upon her body and bless her. And we pray that she will continue to be able to serve for many, many years. Dear God, hear and answer us And make use of all of us, we pray, for the kingdom of Jesus. Use our electronic sign that scrolls the Word of God to the community, to the people who are driving, walking, stopped at the lights. Father, make use of those two gospel signs on Nielsen Road that are continually giving a witness and testimony of the gospel of saving grace. Dear Father, it won't be until heaven that we know who, has been impacted by that word. Make use of us, we pray, Father. Bless our school. We commit Whitfield into your hand and pray that you would always be overseeing a very high wall of fire of protection around that ministry. Bless, Lord, and make us always to be faithful to the word of truth and bless all the teachers and the parents and the students. And as this year, it comes down to a conclusion. Oh God, we pray that there would be signs following the ministry of the Word of God to all the students and boys and girls and safety and protection would be to each one of them over the summer time. So Lord, receive our thanks this night and bless us as we continue in our worship for we pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Number 525, please. 525, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. We'll stand, please, to sing. moment and think of the words of verse 4 it says but we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay for the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for those who will trust and obey let's sing this fifth verse please Singing well tonight to the praise of God. It's good to rejoice in Him. We're reading tonight in Psalm 29, please. turn to Psalm 29. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrion like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the heavens, the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness and of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve and discovereth the forests. And in his temple doth every one speak. Of his glory. The Lord sitteth upon the flood, yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. The Lord will give strength unto His people. The Lord will bless His people with strength. The Lord blesses His people as He gives us strength We can be assured tonight that He gives us His peace, and to know the peace of God that passes all understanding is a tremendous encouragement to the heart. And whenever we are going through some times of uncertainty, some times of doubt, wondering what is happening, what is going on, let us be encouraged by this concluding verse. For the Lord, who spoke the world into its being and order, is the one who has promised to give strength unto His people. Let us be thankful for that tonight. The Lord will bless His people with peace. May the Lord bless His Word to our hearts tonight. Glad you're here in this evening's service. You're very welcome in the name of our Lord. And if you're here for the first time online joining us, then you're very, very welcome. And to those who have come back to be with us in the evening service tonight, we're very, very thankful that you're here. We trust the Lord will bless you all as you've come to worship with us tonight. We want to continue to hold up Mrs. June Hamilton in our prayers as she is coming closer and closer to the time of departing this earth and being welcomed into glory. We pray for her family, Reverend Stephen Hamilton and their family, the Lord would be with them and bless them at this time. Let's also remember our sister Hyacinth in prayer. She's not doing too well today and needing God's help and others that we remember continually in our prayers, our brother Ron, our sister Serene. Pray for Richard Teo, Jimmy was telling me this morning that he was waiting for over an hour for wheel trans down at, the, uh, down at his apartment, the place where he lives, and they never showed up. And so he was rather discouraged about that and had to make his way back up to his, his place. Uh, so please remember our brother Richard. We want to hold him up in prayer that he'll not be discouraged at all. We are blessed by seeing our brother as often as he can come with his disability and to pray that God would reach out and encourage him and bless him tonight. There will be a time of fellowship after our evening service tonight, and so please take time to go downstairs to the basement after. We'll enjoy a time together. The Ladies' Bible Study will be held on Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. That will be on Zoom only. And if you would like to join, this will be the final one for this season— before the summer break. And so, please see our brother Jonathan McAnally, and he'll be sure to include your name on that email list for The Connection for Tuesday night. Then Wednesday, our time of prayer and Bible study, 7.30. And then Thursday evening, our collegiate Whitfield Spring Concert will be at 7 p.m., And you are welcome to come here. It will be held in the gymnasium. It will not be in the church building this time. It will be in the gymnasium of our school. So you come in good time to get a seat over there for that. Next Lord's Day, we'll be having our services Sunday school, 9.50, and then our regular classes, regular services rather, 11 in the morning, 6.30 at night. And we'll be having communion after the morning service next Lord's Day. So please Remember that and be in prayer for Two advance announcements. Our congregational mid-year of prayer will be June 5, 6, and 7. Let's set aside and really encourage each—I encourage all of you, every family to be represented there at those special times of prayer, Monday, Tuesday, and then we'll be having our baptismal service on Wednesday, June the 7th, in the will of God And let's be in prayer for those that are coming forward to follow the Lord in baptism. And then on June 17, the Highland Creek Outreach Festival. And you will be, if you want to be a part of that, sign up that sheet that's on the table at the back. And if you sign up, it doesn't mean you have to be there the whole day. You you only might have to come for an hour and put in your time. I shouldn't say it that way, invest your time, come along, be encouraged, be a part of the fellowship and the outreach, and uh, therefore we'll see a work for the Lord done. Brother Kingsley Jew is overseeing that ministry. Those are all the things we want to share with you today, but be in prayer, please, for all of the activities of our church, and we need to go forward in prayer for each one of these And I know you have been faithful in your praying for the pulpit ministry, and that's a vital thing. So don't give up on that one. I need your prayers week by week for the preparation of God's Word and then His power to be able to deliver it according to His purpose. Number 371. 371. We'll remain seated for the first two verses, and then we will stand for the third verse. of verse 3 here it says my sin yes you can stand because we're going to sing the fourth verse but uh, these words of the third verse my sin oh the bliss of this glorious thought my sin not in part but the whole if it was only in part we would be in big trouble now if there's one sin that i have to atone for myself i would never be in glory but christ has paid it all and it's all to him that we owe. It's nailed to his cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. Let's join singing the fourth verse. Seated. Turn, please, again in your Bibles to John Chapter Twenty One. John's Gospel, Chapter Twenty One. Verse 1, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee. And two other of his disciples, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship, the ship, immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come... Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish lay thereon and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, and hundred and fifty and three. And for all There were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them the fish, and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. we we'll bow, please, in prayer. Father, as we have now read these verses two times today, we pray that there would be help and understanding given by the Spirit to unfold and open the Word to our minds. Lord, we so often are distracted. It seems that we have trouble focusing for a length of time Lord, we know that many of these disabilities that we all share to some degree are part of our fallen, sinful nature. And yet, Lord, we also know that the Spirit of God has given us strength and power and the understanding that is necessary to take from the Scripture. Therefore, Lord, we pray tonight to help us. I pray... For that help, Lord, I pray for the necessary power to speak the Word faithfully and clearly. Dear God, bless and encourage the hearts of each one of us tonight. And we pray also for the salvation of sinners. So, Lord, hear our prayer this night now and close us in with and to Yourself. For we pray these things in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. This morning we were thinking on this portion of Scripture, and I want to finish the message that I brought today. We were considering... The events as the opening words of chapter 21, it says, After these things, and what John was referring to, obviously, the events of chapter 20 where the Lord had appeared a second time to His disciples as a body of men. And that time Thomas was there, he had his unbelief corrected, and he went forward with the rest of the disciples and continue to serve the Lord. In fact, very clearly, he is of this number. The seven that are meeting now in chapter 21, and there's Thomas. He's there. And I think whatever had transpired in Thomas's life, to give him a little hiccup in his belief in the risen Christ, that's all past now. For the one who he had trusted in before the Lord had been crucified was the same Christ that he now trusted in, having seen him risen from the dead. These events that occurred here um, in the post-resurrection occurrences and visitations of the Lord are very instructive to us, and we would think it nonetheless. John tells us of these events, and in chapter 21 A scenery is painted for us, and a picture that has a combination of things that are ordinary, normal, and yet some are extraordinary and supernatural, miraculous, we could say. Peter headed back to his fishing boat, and the other disciples that were with him joined in. We thought this morning about the potential danger that faced Peter and the others because that was his occupation before he began to follow Christ. And as they were at the Sea of Galilee, and I suggest to you they were there waiting for the Lord to meet them because He told them, "'After I am risen from the dead, I will will see you in Galilee.'" And so were the disciples there waiting at the shore, waiting at the place where they were initially called by God to serve Him. But the Lord didn't turn up. And how long they waited, we do not know. But when the time became became longer than they expected, Peter decided to go back and begin fishing again. Now, I don't want to be overly critical, as I said this morning, because it was a good and noble occupation that Peter had, and the others too who were fishermen. And it was a good thing they had to put food on their table, they had to eat, so go fishing and do that. But the cautionary note is this, there is a danger that Peter could have been distracted by going back to the former occupation And we commented that the most noble thing that a man can do in this life, in working and serving whatever it is, if it's going to be a distraction from the high and heavenly calling, then we must beware. We don't want to be those who put their shoulder, their hand to the plow, and then look back. No, we don't want to do that. We want to press on and press forward in this situation when they had caught nothing from the voice that spoke to them from the shore. John recognized the voice. I'm sure helped along by the very unusual school of fish that swam into the net that they just put down on the right side of the ship at the command of the Lord. And that net was full. And they could not even draw it into the boat. But they had to drag the net to the shore. That voice that John heard, he knew it was his Savior. He knew it was the Lord think about it for a moment. That voice that called out to them, children, do you have any food? That same voice is the voice that we read of in this psalm tonight. This same voice that created all things, this same voice of the Lord that is powerful the voice of the Lord that is full of majesty, the voice of the Lord that breaks the cedars, the voice of the Lord that divides the flames of the fire, the voice of the Lord that shaketh the wilderness, the voice of the Lord that causes animals to bring forth little ones that voice that oversees all of His creation, both in the making of the worlds and of the sustaining of the worlds, it is the voice of Jehovah. And that was the same voice that called out to the disciples that early morning on the shore of Galilee. Jesus of Nazareth, their Master, their Savior, their Friend, their Creator, their Redeemer, the One who they owed the worship of their hearts to. Yes, and John said, Peter, it is the Lord. And Peter, of course, took no time to gather his coat on him, jump in the water, make his way to shore. And he went right to where the Lord was, a fire that was burning, a barbecue, early morning, the fish was there, the bread was ready. And we thought today about that declaration of God Himself, the Lord being the one who calls us as individuals to salvation. He calls us to be born again of His Spirit through the Holy Spirit. He calls us to a walk of sanctification. He calls us to be purified and to be holy in our life to Him. He calls us to do service for the Master. And it's the Lord, He is the one who sends us out and calls us as He called the apostles. It's the Lord who searches and prepares and provides for all the needs that we have, for He asked them if you had any food. He knew that they had nothing to provide them for themselves, not even their next meal at the moment, and they were hungry. Isn't it so fascinating? how that the Lord takes care of those very unique and small needs that we have, even providing for our next meal. Without the Lord we can do nothing, but with Christ we can do everything. Let this truth be inscribed upon our minds, in our hearts. I want you to notice in the fourth place, which is the first one tonight, Nonetheless, it's point number four. It is the Lord who gives increase in our lives. He gives increase. Look in verse 6. He told those disciples, as He called to them from the shore, cast the net on the right side of the ship, And ye shall find. In Luke chapter 5 and verse 6, we have a similar account of the disciples that were fishing all night. They took nothing. Jesus borrowed Peter's boat to speak to the people. And when he had finished, he told them to put the net down for a great draft of fishes. At that time, they began to argue with the Lord. And they said, we are fishermen. We've been at this all night. And the fish aren't biting. There are no, none fish are around. They're out in the deep. Nonetheless, they said at the Lord's word, they let down their net. And what happened was the school of fish that was enclosed in the net, they tried to bring it to the boat. They could not do it. The net began to break because it was over full with all these fish that they had caught and that event caused peter to come and fall down before the lord in the boat and say depart from me for i am a sinful man peter that was his his salvation at that moment he knew the lord he knew it was the christ and the lord said to him and to the others i will make you to become fishers of men now you have a new calling You have a new task. But this time, three and a half years after that, we have a very similar situation. But this time the Lord is not in the boat with them. This time they're not sure. They don't recognize Him to begin with. A stranger on shore. But I have a feeling in their heart, in their mind, they must have had a suspicion about it being the Lord, even the other disciples as well. Because there was not even a moment of hesitation when He said, let the net down on the right side of the ship, very specific direction, they immediately did it. No argument, no questioning, no doubting. Nonetheless, the Lord was the one who gave a great provision for His servants at that moment. But friends, it was not just about a provision of fish that He was giving to them. The lesson was far greater. It was far more than that. The Lord was impressing upon them when you have exhausted all of your resources when you have come to the end of all your ability to do what you can to survive and to supply for the work that you're endeavoring to do, it is then that God will step in. Have you proved this in your own life? If not physically, maybe spiritually. When you have come to the bottom, you've come to the end of yourself. You have nothing more in the tank. It's empty. You're tired. You're worn out. Oh, you can begin to think of all the blessings that the Lord has given you in the past, but it's you've been overwhelmed by You just feel, Lord, I'm done. I'm tired out. I've got nothing more to give. It's just then, my dear friends, that the Lord is the one who supplies the need of you spiritually. And, of course, He will supply the need physically for you. Our God is promised. He is the creator of all things. Friends, He is the one who will supply your need. Perhaps the reason why they did not argue at that time about casting the net on the right side of the ship, they had walked with the Lord for three years. They had seen all that He had done. They had witnessed His many miracles. They had heard Him. They saw Him being crucified. They saw Him buried. And now they knew that He had risen from the dead. There is little doubt that when the net submerged in the shallow water, that the fish literally jumped into the net that they were all astonished by this thing would be an understatement. This was not anything normal, especially after their exhausting night of taking nothing. It was at this point that John perceived the Savior was behind all this catch. And Peter puts on his coat and he jumps into the water. We're told in the Scripture that he was naked. It would have been the habit of fishermen to... Take off their outer garments because of the water and the splashing and the work that they were doing, but they would have on quite likely their undergarments. It's not natural that they would be completely naked. But he puts on his outer garment, gathers it around him, and jumps in the shallow water. I would say it was maybe waist deep, maybe less. It was not deep enough for the boat to be taken itself to the shore because they were right there at the edge. It, could have had, it would have to have been anchored. But there was a smaller boat, perhaps like a dinghy or a smaller type of vessel that was enabled the other disciples to use that and hold on to the net and do what they could to bring it closer to the shore, perhaps like a row boat. Now after dragging that net to the shore, the Lord said to Peter, bring it even farther. And so he went down and helped the others, and they dragged the net as far up as they could, and then they did what every good fisherman would do to begin with, they sat down to count their catch. And we're told that they numbered a hundred and fifty and three. Why a specific number? Why not 152? Or 160? How come 153? Now, some commentators conclude it is nothing mysterious about this. It is simply a detail that would go to prove the accuracy of the account. And so these men, as being fishermen and being accountants to some degree, they wanted to know exactly how many were in this net because this was a huge catch. And so they counted every single one of them. Not one was left out. And so that little detail, some would say, it gives an indication of the validity of the account that is being presented before us. And yet others are not satisfied with such a specific number without meaning, which has led to much speculation in the among some commentators. We won't go into all of those now because some of them are quite uh, bizarre. Perhaps one of the most interesting suggestions was made by E. W. Hengstenberg. He was a German Lutheran theologian. He lived between 1802 and 1869. He was a Christian theologian that was very staunch in his defense of Christian orthodoxy. And I only say that because many times when you hear of uh, Lutheran and German theologians, you sometimes think about uh, those people who have gone way off into liberalism. Well, this was not one such man. He was a very sound theologian, quoted very often by J.C. Ryle. And he suggested that this number was given because in the time of Christ and the apostles, there were 153 nations or countries in the world at that time. And therefore, the Lord was giving to them by way of an illustration, this is your calling. This is the reason that I have separated you from the natural occupation of fishing because you are going out to do a great work. And what work was that? The work that we are told into all the world, preaching the gospel to every creature. Whether or not that is the true interpretation, I will leave with you. But it's something to consider And the fact that remains is this. This was done by Christ Himself. And I say to you that it was not accidental that that number of fish were in that net, because the Lord is the one who commissioned those creatures that He had created to go to where He wanted them to be. The Lord has authority over all His creation, It should not be a surprise to us. He gives us the increase of temporal things. But we must more so depend on Him for all the necessary spiritual increase that we are to draw from Him. Friends, after you and I have toiled and brought in nothing by our own efforts, Let this lesson come to our hearts again. The great increase occurs, and when it does in our lives, it is the Lord who has done this. We have not done it ourselves. Don't be boastful about increase if it happens in your life. Be thankful for what you have, but acknowledge that all and every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father in heaven. And we are to be thankful for these mercies that He has given to us. Please notice again tonight that it is the Lord who delights in fellowship with His people. In verse 12, Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask Him, Who art Thou, knowing that it was the Lord. The Savior is interested in fellowship with His people. He invites them, Come and dine with Me. Come and dine with the King of kings. And the Lord of lords, come and dine with your Master, your Savior, your Redeemer. Come and dine and have fellowship with the One who has gone to the cross and has suffered and died and shed His blood that you might be redeemed and never be in hell and only have heaven to look forward to. And the King is saying to us tonight, come and have fellowship with me. It is a most astounding truth and something, my dear friends, you do not want to miss tonight. The Lord tells us in His Word that we are to be given to hospitality. It is not a good thing for those in the fellowship of God's people to be Christians and not be willingly open to fellowship, and to giving to others. Do you remember back when Elijah was given the commission to go to Ahab and say there would not be rain in the kingdom unless by my word? And then he left the king's palace and God took him out to the brook Cherith, And there the Lord gave food to his servant. And I don't believe for a moment it was a case where Elijah was there by himself. I believe you have a situation where the Lord was present with him and saying to him, Come, Elijah, and dine. And I will see to it that you are taken care of. You are fed and watered. And when the Lord finished with His time at Kareth, He said, Go to Zarephath because there a widow woman will take care of you and supply your need. The Lord invited him again to come and have fellowship with him and the widow, and they would be together and they would have their food provided. How many times, friends, have we missed out on the fellowship of the Lord because we have been too busy or too distracted? and a time around His Word, and a time where the Lord is saying to us in our devotions, come, my child, and dine with me around the Word so that I can feed your soul spiritually. But maybe we've been too busy. Maybe we've been too hectic. Maybe we've been too distracted. And we have come for some fast food, but we haven't come to sit down and dine with our Lord and our King. He invites us tonight to dine with Him. Are we prepared and ready to do that? Because you know, we will not be disappointed. You have proved it, I know, that when you have come to get yourself before His Word, And you found that the beginning of your study or reading has been hard going. It's like plowing concrete. You're not getting anywhere, but you keep going. You persist. And you pray, Lord, speak to me from your word. I need something. I need a morsel. And as you continue in your prayer and reading, you'll find that before long, you don't just have a morsel. You have a full spread. The Lord has opened his word to you and your heart is full, and you've been able to go on your way rejoicing because the Lord He has kept His faithful Word, and you will never come to Him, believer, and go away empty because our God is faithful, and the Savior is the one who loves, who delights to have fellowship with us it's beyond our comprehension. You ask, why would the Lord want to have fellowship with me? Ah, but He does, dear child of God. You can be thankful and rejoice in that tonight. you'll notice also, number six, it is the Lord who comforts us in the breaking of bread. In verse 13, Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. Now, I don't want to stretch this too far, but when the two on the road to Emmaus had come to their destination and the stranger was going to go forward, you know they invited him into their house. And they sat down around the table and their eyes were still not able to recognize the Lord until He broke the bread in front of them. The first communion after the resurrection of Christ from the dead, the very thing He had told the disciples to do every time you gather together and meet and break bread, then the Lord is present with you. And if this is not another occasion, it is a very similar one, And I say to you, the Lord comes to give comfort in that fellowship that we will have with Him. And this most unique occasion of the fish on the fire, the bread cooked and ready, and the disciples gathering around, for they indeed were hungry, And the Lord is now the cook and He is the server and He is the one who is the host. And they're all around this open table. And He takes the bread Himself and He gives it to them. And He gives them some fish to eat. And they are able to be filled and to enjoy The Lord is the great provider. The Lord is the one who comes at the breaking of bread to comfort His people and to satisfy our need. It is like our Lord, you know. Believer, He delights not only to fellowship with you, the Lord delights to comfort you in the time and place of your need and to satisfy your soul through the breaking of bread. You've testified many times that after the simplicity of the Lord's table where we have sat around and we have sung a hymn, we have read a few Scriptures, a few comments made, we acknowledge that the bread and the juice are remembrances of our Lord's death for us, and we spend those Quiet moments before Him. And you have testified your soul has been refreshed. You have been strengthened by such a simple thing that the world would look at and they would say, what is all this? What is all this foolishness that you're doing? And yet to those who love Christ, it is very, very precious. And the Lord is the one that we are coming to remember in the breaking of bread. Let us be encouraged about that tonight. And one final thing I leave with you is this. It is the Lord who is near to us when we least expect it. If it is true that the disciples were waiting for the Lord on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And they went out to spend their night that was unprofitable to them. In one way, it was unprofitable. But in another way, friend, it was part of the Lord's sovereign purpose to show them again that their labors and their toils of themselves will not amount to anything. But it's the Lord who was near to them when they least expected it, the Savior was in the boat with them that night, though they did not see Him. The Savior is on the shore with them and bids them to come and join and dine with Him. The Lord is there, friends, when you least expect it, and He comes to bring great comfort and encouragement to your heart. Can you go forward into this week, into tomorrow's work, in wherever that will take you, and know this, that God is present with you. Your Savior will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is there always. And you can be encouraged, and you can be built up, and you can be strengthened with might in the inner man and go to face whatever obstacle comes in front of you. Ah, dear believer, let us rejoice tonight in the great blessings of the Lord's increase, in the blessings of His fellowship with His people, in the blessings that we see the Lord near us in the simple events of life, in the breaking of bread and fellowship, and that our Lord is near us when we least expect it. Therefore, let us be encouraged tonight, encouraged to walk with God, encouraged to go on with our Savior, encouraged to be an example and a testimony for Him. And each day as we endeavor to live our life for that purpose and to that end, the Lord will encourage us. Let's bow, please, in prayer. And as our heads are bowed and our eyes closed, friend, if you're not saved tonight, if you're without Christ, then I encourage you to call upon Him where you are in the silence and quietness of your heart. Say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I repent and I pray that you would come in and wash me and cleanse me from all my iniquity and my sin. Man, believer, if we have to admit that we're not as close to the Lord as once we were, we're not as close to the Lord as we should be, then tonight we would pray, Lord, restore unto me the joy of Thy salvation. Father, hear our prayer tonight draw near to us, and strengthen and encourage every heart. And I pray that as we have our time of fellowship at the conclusion of this meeting, that we will know the Savior in our conversation, the Savior in our fellowship. Lord, bless us now tonight, we pray. We ask all these things in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen.